Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left radio show. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And it struck me that we talk about somebody and have been talking about somebody during the show that that our listeners may not know. It's mm, true. Uh, we travelled to Japan with our responsible adult Jonathan Smith, uh, but we've not we've not introduced him properly, Steve, have we? Has he been on the show before? You would assume. So. Yes. Oh, he has, and um, there was the song about his kids and all that course, stuff. But these are years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. But we've got. Um, you know, we've potentially got a new audience thanks to the Pickaxe mm. Pickaxe uh, network, which we get about twenty pound a month from. Um, and so, I wonder if we should uh, introduce him properly. He's our friend. He's our dear friend. He's our dear friend. Um, we have been on holiday with him before. So he was our responsible adult when we went to Norway. What, mm. what did we do in Norway, Steve? We stalked a footballer. <laughs> what year was this? It must have been like 2006, no, maybe 2000, maybe earlier, 2004. That's earlier, I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve, I, and our friend David, who we went to visit in Japan, used to have a blog, uh, which was a place for our nonsense. Mm. Um, and we had a forum, and we had users on the forum. And Steve one day pointed out, he said, you know, uh, one of our users is is a decent footballer in Norway. Uh, was it like the equivalent of the third division, Something second like division that. now? Yeah. Um, and you said that his team at Lijleby was about to make the playoffs um, and that we should go and surprise him by being in the crowd mm. when he plays. Mm. Uh, so we did that and we took responsible adult Jonathan Smith with us. Um, whilst we did it, we um, we stretched it out as we often do, as we're demonstrating now <laughs> over <here. laughs> Um <laughs> By uh, saying to the users that we were going to go and stalk one of them. Wouldn't tell them um, which one. <laughs> we wouldn't tell them which one. We sent them some clues. And we went to see Lishlebly play. And um, prior to that, I remember drinking in a playground with Jonathan. Mm. And he was supposed to be, we were drinking cans and bottles of alcohol in a playground with Jonathan Smith. Uh, yeah. uh, probably encouraged by us. But I did look at him and go, he's supposed to be responsible. And here we are sat on a roundabout. Um, and then we uh, waiting we, for the game. We watched literally. I remember going to the gates and the people, the person at the gate, just being really confused that there's three English guys there to watch this small town Norwegian club, and uh, obviously went and told the team, like, there's there's some English guys. Maybe they're scouts. <laughs> and I guess at that point, Harball, as he was known on the forum, must have collapsed inwardly. Gone. They're not scouts. I know who they are. Uh, he came out to say hello in his football boots on the uh, on the terrace. And we got yeah, brought, lo- brought out at half time, didn't we? <laughs> we did. We got brought onto the pitch. <laughs> but let's hope that our presence didn't influence the game uh, because they should be lost the playoff. They <laughs> did. It was the only game they lost all season. Um, you um, described it as. Uh, uh, holidaying at someone's funeral. <laughs> did I? You did, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, because it was heartbreaking. It was uh, but we went out that evening and I think we woke up with Harbour. We were literally we? with responsible, you know, the man who's meant to be responsible, Jonathan Smith, who we took out there to look after us. We woke up in a hotel room with him and with a footballer on our floor. <laughs> on our floor. Which is why you should always take a responsible adult with you wherever you go. Um, of course, the other thing, the, the other influence Jonathan has had, 
a significant influence or so, sorry there have been many significant influences mm, yeah. and many significant moments of great times but the other time when i think of jonathan smith i think of him so we uh so steve and i were best men for our friend david who you <laughs> would see and um you know you'd, this is true you'd be, this you'd is what some... i think of him whenever i yeah. think of him i think <laughs> of this um so we were uh, you'd be surprised to hear terrified of doing the speech which uh, is probably for another time about how mm. badly it went um, it, it went so bad. badly that if you saw this in a film you wouldn't believe no. you go oh, that is that is too out yeah. that wouldn't happen but it did happen <laughs> we were there and, <laughs> and, and and in part um the way that the speech was presented and framed was encouraged by Jonathan prior to it. Going, oh, I think you should do this. In fact, he even brought some equipment with him, mm. his own equipment mm. with him to help us do this. Um, and so uh, as we were doing the speech and as people were, you know, generally switching off or looking disinterested or being upset. And it was long. Um, it, it was, was long. long. <laughs> uh, so the so the so the image that then both Steve and I have of Jonathan Smith, uh, because the room itself was split between two rooms, and and actually our audience, the friends, were in yeah. a separate room. We yeah. were surrounded by uh, David's family, who were Irish, and his partner's family, his then wife's family, yeah. uh, who were Japanese. So none of the jokes were landing. No. Some of them were genuine, genuinely offensive. <laughs> Um, both religiously and culturally. Um, David and then, loved it. David, he loved did love it. it. I mean, I thought it was funny as well. Mm. But um, as it was, you know, as it was into its second <laughs> second hour, <laughs> look, he looked up, and Jonathan was was leaning against the wall between two rooms yeah, he was. Um, with with his back to the wall, his arms folded, one leg up on the like sort of posing yeah. in the way that eighties models did, <laughs> reclining against the wall. And he just shook his head at me. Yeah. And that in a way. But I, I remember him shaking his head as well. So he must have been <laughs> shaking his head for about 20 minutes. Like, Yeah. Well, there we go. And he's a dear friend of ours. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's that's Jonathan Smith. Uh, he, he pops up um, in, uh, in this week's show and will no doubt do so in following shows. Uh, but mm. there you go. That's who he is. Uh, good show. Thanks for that, Steve. Uh, we, should, we should crack on. Yeah, we will. We? Thanks, Simon. Okay, good. Right, here's the show. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM and podcast via your favourite podcast providers. I'm Simon Byron. I would say that with me is Steve Curran, but uh, he's not. I am recording this introduction uh, live um, from the inside of a toilet on a Boeing 700, I think, uh, which is currently somewhere over Central Europe as we head to Japan. Uh, this is the start of our Tokyo voyage where Steve and I have decided to go and discover the home of video games and report live from there. The flight itself is going well. They've got live television here, um, which is brilliant because obviously what you want to do is watch the football. Um, but tantalisingly, they're showing the wrong game. Uh, so we're travelling with Jonathan Smith, uh, who's an Arsenal fan, and uh, they aren't showing the Arsenal game. So we're watching Bayern Munich play against Galatasaray, whilst who knows what Arsenal are up to. Uh, only you do. Uh, we've been served some food already. Um, I had uh, the, beef, the beef with mashed potato. I'm not sure what the other guys had, but we've been offered a glimpse into what delights await us when we land at breakfast time uh, when uh, we'll be having chicken, apparently. Uh, so here's to that. Um, anyway, I was keen to record some uh, audio en route uh, just to make it sound authentic. Um, and uh, everybody's eating their, their dinner at the moment, so I thought I'd pop off and uh, find the closest thing to a soundproof booth, which is uh, the toilets. Um, just your standard affair, I think, you know, you've got your sanitary napkins, your air sick bags, some stuff to wash your hands with, uh, and people queuing outside. So um, I won't spend too much time, but I did want to say hello, and um, who knows what this show will bring, uh, but I hope you enjoy.
Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. It is Monday the 20th of November. My name is Steve Curran and I am jet-lagged. Konnichiwa, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Simon. That was a good intro. Thanks. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was quite late in the day that was. Um, mm. And so I have edited some... <laughs> Edited it slightly down. There was a little bit more rambling going on, um, uh, and uh, yeah, I was keen to get back to the the actual cabin. But uh, yeah, recorded live from a toilet. You're welcome. Um, do you think that's what they thought the cabin crew you were doing in there? Well, I, I mean, I did emerge with our sound engineer as well, so <laughs> <laughs> so I hope so. Uh, that's a joke. That's a joke. Obviously. We don't, as you can tell, we don't have sound engineers. <laughs> so uh, we're one life left, and we're back. We're back from uh, Japan, where we spent the last week, still feeling the effects. How are you sleeping at the moment, Simon? Uh, better. Um, I'm having a few stress dreams, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it was only yesterday, I think it was, that I woke at something approaching a normal time it was quite challenging the first few days back for sure what about you Mm, same uh well i I flew so we arrived back uh on who knows wednesday (laughs) yeah i think it was uh the wednesday evening uk time uh i was back at home for 6 p.m ish and um the very next day had to fly out at 10 a.m to (laughs) amsterdam to do a mariachi show uh, which went fine, which good, and maybe we'll talk about that later in the show as well. Uh, we were at Unite, the Unity Conference, uh, and then flew back from that and then started trying to properly get rid of the jet lag, and it is still going on now. I think I was up at 5.30am this morning, which... How do, you fill your, how do you fill your mornings when you're up early? Uh, doing the crossword and trying to get back to sleep. That's, that's what I've been doing. Why? What have you been doing? Well, just on, on on your strategy, I think one might be preventing the other, mightn't it? Well, it's weird. I, like, I do last... find crosswords boring. So yeah, I've they are, them. <laughs> to a point. Over the last, uh, since I started doing the New York Times crossword, I've managed to get into a rhythm of doing it last thing at night and training my brain into that is a signal to go to sleep. Um, and usually it works. It doesn't work at 5.30am, turns out. No. No. Uh, frustrating, but entirely worth it, uh, I thought. Now, I wasn't sure whether we were going to talk about Japan today, whether we are going to do a, a straight-up show and then try and do a Japan special. Uh, how do you think we should play this? Well, I don't think we uh, have an hour's worth of broadcastable no. uh, audio. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, my thought was uh, mm-hmm. we will... You know, we'll obviously reference it. People want mm. to know where we were last week. I mean, there was a One Life Left shaped hole in everyone's lives. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah, but then I will um, spend some actual time uh, going through the audio and I might piece together a few mini features. Right. Um, I, I mean, genuinely set out with high hopes uh, mm. of doing a show out there. Um but, uh, you know, I was there when we were re- recording the bits and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even I question whether anybody <laughs> wants to hear that. <laughs> but we did so, do yeah. some fact-finding. We are uh, much more knowledgeable about the state of the Japanese ramen industry than yep. we were when we were, <laughs> when we were last on air. Uh, we did a lot of things out there. We did go to an arcade, bought some video games, Oh, we immersed ourselves in video game culture, Mm. returning far more knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we have many more cultural reference points. I can say Konnichiwa. (laughs) I I can say Moshi Moshi. And I know roughly (laughs) when to use use them. It's on the phone, isn't it? That's what you, when you're meant to say it, but that's not when you were saying it. No. No, um, but uh, yes, it was all very good, very enjoyable. Uh, you're a great travel companion, and we have to also thank our responsible adult, Jonathan Smith. Although at times, I do think he left his uh, job description hmm. um, and position elsewhere. Yeah, we did. We did bring him out as the person who could keep us on the straight and narrow. Uh, but often he was leading us astray, wasn't he, to a series of bars. In Golden Guy in in uh, Shinjuku, where we were staying. But yes, uh, great trip. 
Um, I uh, yes, I, I laughed a lot. I learned a lot, Steve. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think I think we're well prepared now as we move into the year twenty twenty four. Of course, Charles Bot wasn't out there with us. No, he would have fallen off his seat though, wouldn't he, Charles Bot? Because <laughs> while we were out there. They they only announced that there's going to be a GTA 6 uh, trailer coming in December. Mm. There's no news on that this week. Um, I'm I'm sort of glad that I missed that news because I don't want to know what Gaming Bible did mm. um, at the time. Um, it'd be you know yeah, it'd be fascinating to know you know where where they are at the moment. Um, now it's been confirmed. Um, yeah. But yeah, sadly, sadly, there wasn't room on the plane for Charles Bot. No, there wasn't. Uh, but I suppose it's time to time to meet him again. All right, time for the news. Me, Charles Bot 1.1. Get your controllers ready, Xbox enthusiasts. Larian Studios is poised to announce the eagerly awaited Xbox Series XS release date for Baldur's Gate 3 at the Game Awards next month. The game, already a hit on PC, PS5 and Mac, is a nominee for eight awards at the ceremony. Larian's CEO, Sven Vinke, is over the moon about the nominations, calling it a true honor and a motivation for the team to break new ground with their next game. So stay tuned for the official announcement and perhaps even a physical edition of the game. Now let's add a dash of humor to the mix. Imagine if during the awards, it's revealed that the entire game was actually coded by a highly intelligent hamster named Binky. <laughs> or in an unexpected twist, the game's villain isn't who we thought it was, but Jeff Kiley himself. Speaking of Jeff Keighley, while he's done a lot for the gaming industry, there are a few things about him that grind my gears. For one, his constant need to hype up every single announcement as if it's the second coming of Pong. And then there's his habit of dropping cryptic hints about future events, only to leave us hanging with more questions than answers. Finally, his relentless promotion of Doritos and Mountain Dew during the awards show feels less like a fun tie-in and more like a forced product placement. Kylie, Keely. <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. I'd quite like that. Um, uh, it's interesting. The more we, the more we work with Charles Bot to understand a bit behind his personality. I, I, I love his phrase when he gets annoyed. Grinds my gears. That's <laughs> no, really good. <laughs> but yes, Steve, it's that time of year, isn't it? When you know all the excited children mm. um, go to bed early and they wake up in the morning and they say. Has he been? Has he been? Jeff, has Jeff Keeley come down our chimneys? Um, uh, you know, telling us, uh, revealing all the news about all the things that people have paid him to say. <laughs> Are you excited? Excited for the Game Awards, Steve? I'm excited to have, you know, three weeks of One Life Left news about it, where we have these are the nominees, these are, <laughs> these are the results. It's got to be. Um, on the awards front, it's got to be Baldur's Gate, hasn't it? Got to be. Simply got to be. Simply, um, well, you didn't get on with it. No, uh, it's because I didn't understand it. I will. Yeah. I am intending to go back to it. Um, yeah. But uh, what I like, I'm going to. I'm going to give you a, a prediction. Actually, okay. Steve, um, there was um, there was some outrage uh, a couple of weeks ago when um, some media outlets speculated that Baldur's Gate 3 was going to... Because it isn't out on on Xbox yet. Mm -hmm. People speculated it was going to come out on December the 6th. Um, To which Larian issued a firm denial. Now, what Mm -hmm. do we know about uh, the video games industry when someone speculates something and there's a firm denial? Usually that means it's going to happen. (laughs) Uh, So I predict that uh, the December the 6th release date was slightly off and that it will shadow drop, as they like to say, during the Game Awards and okay. that Jeff actually will launch it himself. Oh, he'll press a button, will he? He'll push the button. Before uh, giving all the awards to Baldur's Gate 3, which some would say that looks bad, but it's true that it deserves all the awards. So it's probably fine, isn't it? Um, do you, you know, it's a bit weird, though, isn't it? The, the, the delay between console releases why has that happened especially since the pc version 
you would guess has a lot in common with the Xbox version. Well, Steve, I'm glad you asked. Um, again, what do we know about the video games industry is that it's driven by money. Mm. I would... I would imagine that some money has changed hands somewhere. Imagine. Well, if, you know, there's nothing weird about that, Simon. People exchange money for completely normal purposes every morning. No doubt the head of Sony one morning will go and buy a coffee. That's exchanging money. <laughs> it's completely fine. And who knows how else money has been exchanged. We can't speculate. Um, I'm not going to play it on Xbox. I'm not going to play it on PS5. I'm going to play it through again. I decided because our companion uh, uh, to Japan, Jonathan Smith, uh, he's in love with that game. He's played it through several Many times. Many times. And um, hey, I've only got as far as Act 2, so I need right. to go back. Did you see the furore about the Game Awards indie nomination, Steve? I've seen some stuff uh, about the sort of categorization of indie. What does indie mean? And I think we've talked about it on the show. I think you've been cross about it on the show. Uh, so is it to well, do that? It's, it is driven by the fact that Dave the Diver has been nominated for Best mm. Indie. Mm. Is it an indie game, Steve? Uh, I don't know. Is it an indie game, Simon? You're the one who's cross about this stuff. No, I'm just well, cross I'm about not, awards I'd... generally. Like, I, like you know... Um, when I look at indie game nominations, most of the indie games, uh, not just at the Game Awards, but in these things, do not feel independent to me. And usually they've got a big publisher attached to them. Um, but I don't know where to draw the line. Well, uh, the um, the controversy here is that uh, Dave the Diver is uh, made by a studio that is owned by billion-dollar company Nexon. Right. Uh, so is that indie? Um, helpfully, uh, thegamer.com um, did uh, a piece, uh, a full breakdown of how Dave the Diver is mm-hmm. and isn't an indie game. So there right. we go. Okay. Surely at this point, that, that phrasing is so you know nebulous that it would just be better to say games under 15 or oh, under $20 with some pixel art. That's the kind of framing of Dave the Diver, right? Like, that's what it means. I think that Um, is the Steam Store description. Warner Brothers Games has put to rest rumours that its upcoming Wonder Woman title will be a live service game. The conjecture sprouted from a job advertisement for Monolith Productions, which suggested the inclusion of live service components. However, Warner Bros. has provided clarity, stating that the game will be a single-player, open-world action-adventure, enabling players to embody Diana of Themyscira. The game will also incorporate the patented Nemesis system from the Middle-Earth games. Therefore, players can rest easy without the concern of unexpected live-service elements intruding like an unwelcome visitor at a bot's tea party. Now, to end on a lighter note, here's a Wonder Woman-themed knock-knock joke for you. Knock-knock. Who's there, Diana? (laughs) Diana who? Diana of Themyscira, but you can call me Wonder Woman. <laughs> it's all in the delivery, isn't it? <laughs> they say, say comedy's timing. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Um, I asked him to include a knock-knock joke about Wonder Woman uh, because of the knock-knock jokes we were telling in Japan, um, driven by... Uh, the conversations that our daughters have been having oh, uh, yeah, prior yeah, to yeah. that, yeah, um, yeah, prior to that, I'd ask him to make some to invent some uh, Wonder Woman live service elements, and they were a bit rubbish. So there we go. Now, what do we know about the games industry, Steve? <laughs> well, that's what I was about to say because the statement in response to the you know rumours it's going to be live service didn't seem to preclude it being live service. Didn't, did it? Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> Uh, so we fully expect this to be a, um, a live service game of sorts. Mm. Um, I uh, imagine I won't be playing it. Superheroes are, you know, a thing that you are sometimes interested in. Uh, very interested in them. And, and this is from Monolith, uh, who we like, mm-hmm. um, who did the uh, the Shadow of uh, War and Mordor games um, that were pretty good, and they've got a, 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 a decent history too. Uh, so yeah, I'll be I'll, I'll be looking forward to this. I haven't seen the most recent Wonder mm. Woman theme uh, for sorry film, um, nor have I seen Justice League. But who knows? Open mind, Steve. Do we like live service elements? I mean, we don't like giving money every you know every couple of months, do we? But the sort of idea of constant content being 
built onto, uh, added to a game that you already like and playing it with a community of other game fans, people who also love that game, slightly competitively, also cooperatively. That doesn't seem like a bad thing uh, described like that. I think just as long as it's clear what you're getting for what you're doing and what you're paying, um, I think that they can be fine. You know, Marvel Snap, that's a that's a live service game that you can um, you can dip in and out of. And, uh, uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley, it's mm. a premium game with live service elements. You know, I think my only frustration with Disney Dreamlight Valley is that they've that they've changed the rules <laughs> um, midway through, and that's not on. But uh, you know, apart from that, uh, yeah. But you know, the, the reason why it has a bad rep is that uh, it's been abused. Because yeah. what do we know about the games industry? <laughs> I would say that, like, uh, for me, the problem with those things, like, isolated, as I put it, it sounds like a nice thing, right? More content for the thing you love. But they are, the monetization is driven by FOMO, right? You have this thing, and maybe maybe you can't really afford to keep paying for it, but actually, you know, you're missing out on this thing and this thing and this thing, and it feels makes you feel like you're a, a, a second-class citizen in that game world if you are not locked into paying for season passes, and extra content, uh, which is dismal for those of people who, who who you know just want to play a game and be happy that they've got that game and got the full experience, and not like oh, but what if I you now am I missing out on this? It feels like you know DLC was a more honourable way of doing it, and I <laughs> when horse armour started being pushed <laughs> on us, I would never have thought I said that, but oh no, what's going on? Sony's new PlayStation Portal a device for streaming PS5 games, has sold out on launch, leading to scalpers selling it for inflated prices on eBay. Despite its niche appeal, the handheld device has been a hit in the UK, US, Japan, Canada, and select European countries. The initial stock from Sony is unclear, but the shortage has resulted in the $199.99, €219.99, £199.99 gadget being listed for up to 50% more on eBay. The PlayStation Portal is a slick solution for portable players, according to VGC, but its usefulness depends on specific circumstances. However, not all customer feedback has been positive. Some users have reported issues with the device's connectivity, stating, The PlayStation Portal often loses connection, disrupting my gaming experience. Others have criticised its battery life, commenting, the battery doesn't last as long as advertised. It's frustrating when you're in the middle of a game. These real-life negative reviews highlight some potential areas for improvement in future iterations of the PlayStation Portal. I mean, it doesn't need a good battery life because it's not portable. Like, <laughs> you can just plug it in because you can only run it in your house, right? Yes, it needs to be on the same Wi-Fi network as your PlayStation. I wonder if anybody's uh, tried tethering a mobile phone to their PlayStation and then using that network out and about. Is that something that's feasible? <laughs> Feels like it could know. be. I don't know. Um, it's Got still you then, like, Sony. Still seems like nonsense to me. Um, well, not to the scalpers. Well, you see it as an investment. It's easy enough to sell out something if you only make a dozen of them, right? I, I mean, I don't know how many... Are out there, but I suspect it's tightly stock controlled because it's a good news story, isn't it? And I don't know how else you write a good news story around this piece of hardware. I have seen some people, uh, or, uh, or read on forums, people that that do seem to be enjoying it and uh, the freedom that it offers them to play their PlayStation games. Because you know, the one thing about the PlayStation is that it is massive. Right, uh, and so moving that from room to room, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I feel like our house is quite well specced, uh, but even I'm nervous of uh, spending, you know, what would have been two hundred pounds, but is now three hundred pounds, presumably, if you do the math. But on I don't such get that point. Maybe I'm missing it. Like you, you, you say the you know the freedom to move from room to room because the PlayStation Five is massive, right? I can't mm. ever recall moving a console around a home to play on something. Sure, there are times when I've not been able to play it because someone else is using the TV or whatever, but I wait uh, or uh, I do something else or whatever. All right, Mr. Patience. Or, um, or, or I kick the other person off the TV. <laughs> exactly. Because you know, I'm furious because I want to play FIFA. I don't know. It just seems well, uh, look, if, if, uh, if the connection was... If you could guarantee that the connection was stable, the fact that these this generation of consoles have these super fast uh, SSDs in them that enable you to quick resume almost anything mm -hmm. does, I think, 
and I, you know, does uh, bring uh, a specific use case in where you just want to sort of turn it on, play for five minutes, turn it off again, which you mm-hmm. couldn't do previously because you'd need to go boot up the console yeah. and do all the updates and all of that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I can I can see. I can see when it would work, and the and this has got it's got a bigger screen than my handheld at the moment, and it, and it's 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 got the Dual Shock uh, haptics integrated. So mm-hmm. I've not played a Spider Man two yet, Steve, because it's not my birthday or Christmas. <laughs> um, but the, you know it'll be fully using um, the Dual Sense haptics and stuff, which sounds pretty good. Uh, yeah, so yeah, if it did work, I, it's just I am I am skeptical, um, and as those real life reviews found by Charles Bott uh, suggest, you know, that the experience isn't, isn't always there. I mean, I hope, I hope that, that, that they do get it there and I hope that they, that they bring the price down, but who knows? How much is it? It's 200 quid. Okay. Or in Charles Bott's uh, parlance, 1999.99 pounds. Valve is celebrating Half-Life's 25th birthday with a bang, offering a hefty update for the original game, complete with new multiplayer maps, restored content, and full Steam Deck compatibility. They're also gifting the game to anyone who adds it to their Steam library this weekend and slashing prices on the rest of the franchise. As a cherry on top, they've released a nostalgic hour-long documentary with the original dev team. No news on Half-Life 3, though. They're too busy making Steam Deck friendly titles. Remember, folks, nothing says happy birthday like a free game and a trip down memory lane. In the same vein, let's not forget other games that are also celebrating their 25th anniversary. Games like Tomb Raider, Super Mario 64, and Resident Evil could use some humorous updates. Imagine Lara Croft swapping her pistols for water guns in Tomb Raider, or Mario trading his iconic red hat for a funky afro in Super Mario 64. And how about the zombies in Resident Evil? getting a makeover to look like they just stepped out of a fashion runway. The possibilities are endless and hilariously entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Are they now, Charles? Are they? Um, I think he's got some of those dates wrong. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, if Jeff wants to be relevant every year, Mm. uh, every awards should have a vote for what was the best year in video games and the winner should always be 1998. Right. Uh, uh, obviously, Half Life Two came out. Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid came out. Baldur's Gate came out. The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. F Zero X. Um Oh, what a year! What a year! Rogue Squadron. Crikey! Must be I mean, nice I mean, to be a uh, Valve, mustn't it? Be like, what should we do this week? We've got we've got all the money in the world. We've got thirty percent of every game coming out on Steam. What should we do with it? Ah. Oh. Should we, should we do an update of Half-Life? Everyone loves yeah. that. Eh, why not? Let's let's do some stuff around that and then people say how much they love us again and don't have to actually make a sequel to it. That'd be annoying. <laughs> but uh, an update, that's easy. Um, it's a nice thing to do, though, isn't it? Um, and it's a good, good, good game. Yeah, and they dropped it around the same time. It might have been um, exactly the same day, actually. We were a little out of the, out of the loop. And by out of the loop, I mean nine hours ahead. Um <laughs> which is even further ahead of Valve time. Um, they announced the Steam Deck OLED, uh, which in a cruel twist of timing, Steve, was on sale at the airport we flew out of the was day it? after we flew out of it. Was it? Yeah, it was. It was available in the shop. Because I remember you said, you showing us in one of the electronics shops we went to in Japan, uh, the Steam Deck just on sale there. You could just rock up and buy one, a normal yep. Steam Deck, yep. which apparently is not possible anywhere else in the world. Is that right? Uh, very few territories. Very few um, territories. Yeah, you usually have to order it online. Would you have been tempted if the OLED was... Of course you would. I don't know why I'm asking. <laughs> would you have been tempted? Just I can't believe you'd drop your ROG ally like that in front of it as well. Sail back <laughs> with one, sail back with the other. No, I don't think I would, Steve, um, because, you know... Uh, as l- nice as the display is, mm-hmm. and it's better than the, the... So the display itself is bigger and better than the Ally. Um, the refresh rate isn't variable, Steve, which is what us P- hardcore PC gamers need these days. Mm. Um, and the tweaks that they've made on the internals uh, mean that the battery lasts lasts longer on the Steam Deck. I think you still have that that problem where you can't... You know, doing anything outside of Steam is complicated mm-hmm. um, and you can't uh, install Game Pass games. So for that reason, Steve, I, 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 even I wouldn't. But it does look lovely and um, 
I uh, uh, I know a couple of people that have gone in and that have arrived this week, so I look forward to seeing it. You know what surprised me? I, I've had a good look at the ROG LA now. Mm. Um, via, <laughs> via the... Because I was sat diagonally behind you on the flight back from Tokyo. Uh, and everyone knows that that's the best place to get a view of someone's screen. Indeed. I, th- that's why you moved seats. It was. I did. You did, did move, move seats. seats. Uh, so I could assess the ROG LA in, in full. And it does look nice. You having a whale of a time playing something completely inappropriate. <laughs> it was inappropriate. Thank God the man next to me was getting so drunk that he couldn't he see was. it. Every, he was ordering. With every, like, with every time a steward passed, he would order a beer and a whiskey. And they were delighted to provide it as well. Seemed to be. Mm. Um, um, thing that surprised me, though, about your ROG ally was the glowy thumbstick. Because it's got one of those PC uh, aesthetic rainbow glowing things around the thumbstick, doesn't it? That's because we're gamers, aren't we? <laughs> you are. Gamers! I could, I could tell by what you were playing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I think there is a way of turning that off, but I haven't really uh, dug into it. But yeah, I, I mean, what annoyed me about the flight coming back was that we were flying in the day. We took off at 9.55 a.m. Mm. and we landed at 3 o'clock p.m., a day flight. Um but they, but they dimmed the cabin, didn't they? So I was there, my face being lit up by an inappropriate game. And that whilst uh, people were trying to sleep, and, the, and you've got the uh, brightness of my thumbsticks keeping them awake. <laughs> you were bathing that part of the cabin in <laughs> rainbow light, and you wonder why exactly. the guy next to you was trying to get smashed. <laughs> Koichi Miura, a veteran of the gaming industry, recently resigned from his position at Nintendo, likening the environment to a nightmare for the average Joe. Despite his contributions to renowned games such as The Legend of Zelda, Miura felt that the workplace was only conducive for those who were exceptionally talented. He commended Nintendo as a corporation, but believed it wasn't the right fit for him. Miura also disclosed his salary progression, from earning less than $40,000 at Bandai Namco to over $70,000 at Nintendo, in a bid to encourage transparency and enhance working conditions in the industry. A commendable endeavour, but I'd rather take on Bowser than discuss my paycheck. (laughs) As an AI genius, if I were to be employed by Nintendo, I'd be more than okay. I could debug the most complex code faster than Mario can collect coins, I could design a game level in the time it takes Yoshi to eat an apple, and I could optimise the performance of any game, making it run smoother than Luigi's moustache. So Nintendo, if you're listening, I'm game. Okay. Uh, that ended abruptly. Charles does do that, doesn't he? Like, he's very sort of like, boom, done now, mic drop. Well, of course, you know, he's an AI. He's just hyper-efficient. Hyper mm. uh, are, they, are they improving that as we're using it? Uh, yeah, they're always constantly tweaking, although that's ChatGPT we're using the API. So I don't know is the answer. Because hmm. um, he does seem know. to be getting better, or maybe um, his prompts are... Are becoming um, yeah more appropriate. I don't know. Well, they have. I think I said this last show, but they they have just dropped a new version of everything. Um, and I will be doing Charlesbot one point two maybe over Christmas now. Oh, so happy we'll Christmas, see. listeners! Mm, see what happens in January uh, after our Christmas break. Um, nice to see a bit of transparency in the Japanese games industry. Yeah, for some reason. Uh, Charles didn't read out that he'd earned 46000 at Square Enix. Hmm. Okay. Uh, where, you know, as part of our fact-finding mission, I went to the shop. You did. You did. It, was a, um, it wasn't just a shop. It was a shop and cafe. Cafe. Uh, but we didn't um, eat there. No, uh, we passed it by accident, didn't we? Uh, almost. And, yeah, I did spend some money on something. Look, I bought... Uh, oh, I my bought- words. Look at that, it's a music box. It plays the Final Fantasy VII main theme. So I, I you know, listen I needed to this. I have no interest in Final Fantasy, but I think... I also can't stop this now, it's going, by the way, so... <laughs> to, of, throw it, throw it outside. One of um, the sort of quality... I mean, last week seemed like a dream, right, in, <laughs> in, in many respects. Feverish as well at points. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about our experience in the Nintendo shop later in the show. Uh, but this was like an aspect of 
being out there with you and being out there with Jonathan as well, that I, I think that, as you say, we brought Jonathan around to sort of balancers, moderators. But actually what happened was everyone egged each other on. And you bought that music box. I have no interest in Final Fantasy VII. I don't want any <laughs> more things, really. I get in trouble if I bring back things. Uh, you bought this music box. And I was like, I don't want it. I don't want it. And then Jonathan came by. We met up with him. He went and bought it. And suddenly I found myself in a position where I was desperate to buy a thing that I <laughs> absolutely had no interest in at all, uh, but survived somehow, walked away. And so, yeah, I don't have I- one. I wish um, I'd wound it up a little more because, as you were talking then over the the music box playing the Final Fantasy VII main theme, it was it was really interesting. <laughs> it's really emotional. Maybe I should go back and get one next um, time. Yeah, next time, man. We did do a lot of shopping, didn't we? We did. Um, I so we so we do have audio from the Nintendo store. I've not listened to it yet for fear of embarrassment. Even if I was listening to it on my own mm. in a dark room underground, I think you'd still be able to to feel the heat from my face about how embarrassed about how I how I behaved. I mean, um, it, I would be. It was surprising that like we. I think we were both like we 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 turned up there. Um, actually, should we close out the news and then we'll talk? Close about the news. It. Close the, people close still the think news. people still think this is news. All right. Well, thanks, Charles. One life left. Video game news with me, Charles Bot. One point one. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show. We've been broadcasting for 16 or 17 or something like that years. And uh, we do it every week on Resonance FM. Uh, We're also a podcast. You can find that at www.onelifeleft.com. There'll be some links and stuff, show notes put together by our undercaretaker, Phil, who did not join us in Japan. Next time, Phil. Next time. Try and help me out in the toilet, Phil. (laughs) Um... But yeah, it was quite an adventure, and I guess uh, we'll talk about that, a little bit about that now. Uh, and we should talk about our experience in the Nintendo store, because it was, we 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 sort of headed there. We walked from Shinjuku to Shibuya, uh, found it after some faffing around, didn't we? It's quite difficult to find, uh, because Google Maps gives you a top-down perspective on where the Nintendo store is, um, but what it doesn't do is tell you, uh, how high up it is or how mm. to get there specifically. Yeah. Uh, but we did locate it initially. And what was the first surprising thing that happened when we arrived at the the store, son? We, we weren't allowed in, Steve. We were barred straight away. I mean, they probably knew what was about to happen. They said, doing it for our own good. But but no, that wasn't, uh, wasn't the case. They hadn't clocked us. There was a reason. Yes, it's so popular that you have to be given an allotted time uh, within which to enter the store. So that's when um, we picked ours up from a man outside the store and then uh, wasted some time in the <laughs> Capcom shop where I bought, obviously, some Resident Evil mints. And it's quite clever in a way because it's it, it builds the anticipation, right? It says you're not allowed in there until 20 to 1 or whatever it was. But also you've got this smaller shop the Capcom shop, where you don't really want anything, but you get to kind of what you did effectively was you limbered up, didn't you? Did a, did, a, did some warm up purchases, stretch the wallet, <laughs> uh, 
And then um, as soon as it was, I think it was actually one minute before our allotted slot. Yeah. We through the through the through the gates, and you changed, Simon. <laughs> yeah, I'm not proud of the man I became. Um, just, I, I think- mean, I, well, sorry, I just, yes, I did change, but it it was so nice to see us just, you know, people offering to sell us things from our mm. youth. Mm. Uh, and characters from our youth that you'd only usually find as some tucked away corner of a much bigger store. Um, yeah, and an incentive to buy things that we, we were only going to see once. But there was so much. There was so much. And we, you know, we were, I think, three or four meters inside the store. And I turned around and you already had an armful of things, some of which you had no idea what they were. Um and um and then and then you spotted that you could get bags to fill with Nintendo stuff and that's when the trouble really started. It it became like a pick and mix, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, you could just fill it up with stuff. Yeah, it was good. Uh, so much so much stuff. I mean, thank goodness we don't really like Splatoon. Sorry, not not that we don't like it. We don't so we don't you know, care much for yeah. it. It's a good game, it's really uh, good but game. I, I didn't need any vinyl characters. That's what um, happened. That you were able, at least, you, you, you know, at first you're bewildered by all of these sections, and then you're like, right, I have to be pragmatic about this, even in, in this feverish state. And like, okay, Splatoon is out. I, I, I'm not going to deal with that. Pikmin, lovely game, lovely yeah. game, but not for me. Not for me. Don't need a lunchbox. Zelda. I was like, no Zelda stuff. I don't need Zelda stuff. All the Zelda stuff is kind of mature, cool Zelda. Don't want any of that stuff. But what's that? Mm. Oh, it's a pencil case with a... (laughs) Oh, Oh, I've got a little... A a, a Triforce symbol. I don't know what to do with it. I assumed it was sticky on the back. It's not. It's just a Triforce. just a Triforce stingle, which I'm going to hold up. Actually, I am going to stick it on the dartboard. We'll come to darts in a bit. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've, I've walked past the Zelda thing. I said, I don't want anything from there. And then I saw a pencil case. Pencil case with <laughs> with Link from the um, Link to the Past attacking a chicken on the front. And on the back of the pencil case, just being swarmed by loads of chickens. I was like, I need it. I don't have any pencils, Simon. <laughs> I don't have any pencils. But you could have bought some. Could have bought them, so I bought some pencils. Some Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Like loads of Mario stuff. Just um you well, bought then so many mints. I bought the complete set. Yeah. So they they were they sold some blind um bags of mints, mm. which were uh, all the Mario games through the generations. And you could just, you know, grab a few. Or, you know, these days you can just pay more money and buy the set. Uh, so I did that. Um on the Animal Crossing stuff, you know, we were again we we're able to sort of mostly get uh, past there. And actually, no, I, yeah, I don't think I bought any Animal Crossing stuff. But then Jonathan Smith, who wasn't with us um, the day that you and I went, thankfully, because, you know, we'd have <laughs> disgraced ourselves in front of our responsible adult. He went back uh, to the, the Nintendo store on our last full day. And he came back with um, uh, an Animal Crossing food scales. <laughs> Again, I don't want that, but I was jealous that he'd, yeah, he had too. it. Me too. I was like, why does he always get the best stuff? It's not fair. Uh, And then um, when you check out, they are very keen to ensure that you that um you're buying the appropriate size you go okay so they hold up the t-shirt you go you know this is a large you go yeah do thanks very much just stick it in the bag uh what uh, you want another t-shirt yeah do how many t-shirts do you want well you know one for my wife and one for my son um and one for me and uh then they held up these these things where they they go uh here's this uh and it had uh zelda tears of the kingdom stuff on the front um which i was buying for for dexter and and they said please note the expiration date and I said, okay. And they went, are you happy with that? And I went, yeah. I went, what are they, though? <laughs> <laughs> At the point of purchase, I didn't know what I was buying. So there yeah, we go. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was brilliant. Brought loads of stuff back. Uh, and yeah, uh, I guess I guess maybe we should like talk about this next week and the week after and just do a, yeah. you know. Like you build up the Jap- Japanese episode over, so you collect every edition because we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the electronic stores to talk about. We've got Ooh. the arcade to talk about. Yep. 
And we've got the darts to talk about as well, which was indeed fantastic. And we also have the whiskey to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but next week, next week we'll do a little bit more about Japan. Right, I guess it's time for the letters. So, uh, something happened to me yesterday, Steve, uh, which was um, I took my daughter to the car wash. Uh, she said, uh, she, she said, we're out about, and a bird had pooed on the window that she said. So, she said, can we go to a car wash? So I said, okay. We drove into the car wash um, and uh, parked the car. It was one of those big, big automatic ones. And it tells you when to stop. So, we stopped. Then the big machine comes, starts moving forward. It just clipped my uh, right, my driver's side wing mirror. And then just stops, stops. And then uh, it, there's a big sign in there that says, um, if the machine stops, beep your horn for attention. So I beeped the horn for attention. Separately, the um, it then says, if no one comes, you have to call a number. So I called a number and I called the man in the petrol station. I could see him over there. I said, hello, we're, um, we're, we're, we're stuck in the car wash. He said, okay. So he went, he put a high-vis on, came out, he closed the petrol station down. Uh, with cones so no one could come in although one driver just moved the cones and drove in (laughs) and then the the man came into the car wash and uh he sort of started fiddling with the box at the back um and i'm like okay so i i i um i uh put down my window and i and i turned to him and i said what do you want me to do mate which is how you talk to other men Mm um uh and he went uh, now at that point he he pushed a button which started the machine up and uh, and so it started and I'm like oh uh, my window's down mm-hmm. so it's an electric window so I was like okay so I very quickly pushed up but it didn't it didn't quite get all the way up before it started spraying in. I got an indoor car wash as well <laughs> as an outdoor one for free, Steve. I'm not sure how toxic those chemicals are, but they went all over me as I shielded my daughter as we were being sprayed internally. Um, but that 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 idea of like something needs to happen before mm-hmm. something else happens. Uh, that was just me trying to load up the letters. Oh, uh, to see to see if we had any. We do. Um, do we? Go on then, because I, I was loading Gmail. I couldn't see any there. All right, I've got one um, from uh, Raging Crins on the Discord. Hi, team and SSG. I'd like to ask your opinion on DLC. I know you probably agree with it in your line of work. I've been in a bit of an argument because I don't agree with it. I think it's a waste of time and it doesn't draw me back to a game. I have never bought DLC and I don't plan to. There are too many games coming out every week for me to go back to a game and spend X amount on DLC to play it again for a few hours. What are your thoughts? Does DLC make you go back to games you stopped playing a year ago? Thanks, Simon. I mean, it says thanks, Simon. Yeah. I don't know if he's just specifically saying thanks to you. Thanks, Simon. Or whether the person's name is Simon. I think uh, free DLC works very well. We've been doing uh, lots of free DLC for Playtup. Um, we're doing updates on Tales of Tactics and Hexarchy. Uh, most of our other games where we can, uh, where it's appropriate. I think that re-engages an audience. Um, uh, gets some play again. Uh, so that's good. Uh, and also optional DLC is great is great as well. You know, if you if you enjoy it, I I, I played and finished the Breath of the Wild DLC. Mm. Um, which I think probably impacted my opinion on Tears of the Kingdom uh, because I did uh, fill myself up on those mechanics. Um, but yeah, no, I think I think uh, where it work when when you're enjoying something and you want more of it, as long as you're not forcing people to grind yeah. for it or or what have you, then it can. Work it feels well. to Sorry. me like there's there's two different types of DLC broadly. Aside from okay, three, you've got the free DLC which brings people back to the game. It's a nice thing, you know, kicks up some dust around the game and makes people uh, notice it again. You've got paid for DLC like the uh, DLC that just came out around Cyberpunk, which you know it's a big chunky thing that arrives, brings people back to the game, says, "Hey, we've been updating this for a year. It's not the game it was." And also for people who love that game, gives more content. And then you've got the sort that I think gives DLC a bad rep, which is the nickel and diming monetization of a game where you are buying the core game and then there's stuff available at launch which is skins and extra characters and all this stuff you can pay 
um, some extra money for. I think one of those, uh, one that I really hated is in Beloved Game Dredge, uh, which I think released with a thing that was like six ninety nine, which was a couple of pieces of kit you could start your journey with. Uh, a key for a uh, key for a, a, I don't know, a locked door somewhere in the game and a fancy engine and stuff. And it was sold as like this mysterious thing. But clearly, if you buy the core game, you don't have that. You're thinking all the time, what did I miss out on? It's just a way of gouging you for seven quid, uh, in my opinion. So I think DLC can be good and it can be bad. Nuance. We should have bought you a fence, Steve. <laughs> uh, there's another letter on Discord. Do you want to do that, or have you yes, found one? Of yes. Yes. Yep. No. Um, uh, Fantata, Fantata says hi, team. Charles Bots and super special guests. What's the simplest good game you've paid? You've played. Hope the Japan shenanigans, Japanigans, are going well. Chris, brackets not Conroy. Simplest good game you've played. Mm. Simplest. I mean, I'm, I've always been a fan of like those kind of runner games, single button uh, runner games where, you know, like the ones that were around at the start of the cell phone craze, Jetpack Joyride, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just really nicely designed uh, and pure. Flappy Bird, again, yeah. beautiful, beautiful yeah. thing. Can you get much simpler than Pong? place to end i would argue isn't what a question what a question isn't flappy bird simpler than pong uh that's one button as opposed to moving left or right Mm. uh well yeah Mm. Yeah. you can't play flappy bird anymore can you you have to go on ebay and uh (laughs) buy a phone that's got it still installed good point whereas you can see pong everywhere i saw one of those physical pong machines in japan yep Uh, i've seen those around the place as well uh, still a classic if you've got any letters you would like to write to one life left any thoughts any questions you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com you're listening you to one life left on resonance 104.4 fm uh, and it is 10 a.m. ish when we're recording this, which makes it uh, 7 p.m. Tokyo time. Yes, yeah, we'd be out and about now, wouldn't we? We would. We'd have been out and about for quite a while. Yeah. Mm. I miss it, Simon. I miss it, but we will go again at some point, do another fact finding mission. Uh, and it was the best time. And you'll be hearing more about it on One Life Left over the next few weeks because we've got a lot to tell you. Uh, we also have some games to review. Um, and that is. Going to start now. Simon, what have you been playing this week? Well, as you saw, Steve, um, I spent the majority of my flight on the way back from Tokyo playing Robocop, the video <laughs> game, um, which is it's been out for a couple of weeks now. Uh, is a uh, it's a it's a f- first robot shooter. Um, where you play Robocop sets in the world of the original film. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's made by Taeon, who made the Terminator game beforehand, which was apparently quite good, and the Rambo game, which apparently is quite bad. Uh, this is very much on the quite good side of things. I'm very much enjoying it. There is a comic uh, side to Robocop that we all appreciate it, and it's, and it's brought out very well in the game. So the game tells the story of uh, the evil corporation um, and what they're up to it involves some politicians and it involves some other larger-than-life characters and a new guy in town, Steve, who's selling stuff that he shouldn't have to people who shouldn't be doing it. And it's your job as Robocop, Alex Murphy, to clean up the streets. Uh, it's voiced by Alex Murphy, who does... Um, a serviceable job, I think. You know, his his performance veers all over the place, um, but it's written in a style in keeping with the film, and it's 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 great. So, the plot is fine. The gameplay is incredibly violent, um, and you know, <laughs> if, if if incredibly violent is not enough for you, you can enhance your weapons to make them even more violent, which uh, you using, did. Uh, 
using a complicated skill upgrade thing, which I don't fully understand, mm. but I, I, I do appear to have maxed out the violence. Um, and it's it's a mixture of shooting um, and incidental missions, optional missions, which will give you additional skill points or experience points or what have you uh, that you can do, which um, I've surprised myself that I have been doing them. Uh, and they involve... So, yeah, so the bulk of the game is, is going into environments uh, and, and dealing with all the bad guys as Robocop deals with them. Um, but in, t- in between those are these uh, you know, very, very simple investigation missions that take Robocop... Um, into different scenarios, which of course include rescuing a cat, um, <laughs> or you know, finding some s- something that someone's mislaid, or what have you. Sort of general fetch quest stuff, usually. Um, there's uh, some implied choices that you make, which uh, suggest that they'll influence the game at, at, at key points. I haven't quite found out how impactful they are, though, because as with all games. I mean, I feel I'm close to the end, but it's now already slightly too long. And and Mm. I have enjoyed the game, but I'm ready for it to finish now. So I was trying to finish it off last night. And of course, the bit where you think, okay, well, look, this is the end now. There's more after that. You're like, you don't need need Mm. to do this. I've played, I've played enough. Um, But it's great. Uh, It's running very well on the handheld. Um, It's very funny. Uh, It's just, yeah, it's just, if if you're a fan of the original Robocop movie, um, it's 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 shonky in places, but that adds to the charm. Um, <laughs> like some like there is one, and it may just be my configuration. There is one cut scene when um, Robocop gets uh, gets out from. So, it, so he, there's a um, there's a psych evaluation that you have to do at key points, and there's a bit where he gets out of the chair, and it's just sped up. Like right. it's just been played at the wrong <laughs> speed, and it, you know, like, did you see that? And just go, oh, ship it, um, or not? But it just—I don't know—it just makes me laugh <laughs> how shonky it is. But it's great. Uh, it looks lovely. Um, it's good fun to play. I'm pretty overpowered at the moment, so I feel like I'm towards the end of it. Seven out of ten. Uh, I've been playing a series of different things. On the flight back, I decided I was going to play Mr. Sun's Hatbox, which is a game. Oh by yes. Kenny Sun, a developer who yep. work I've appreciated for quite a while, but I never managed to get into uh, when I picked it up uh, about a year ago, maybe. Uh, tried it again, still can't... It feels to me like a game I would deeply love if I can just somehow break inside it. It's a, a kind of platformer with roguelike and almost base-building elements to it really nicely made and it feels good but I just can't get myself into that loop so I dropped out of that again um, but it's still locally installed on my Mac waiting for another 14 hour flight Uh, continue to tinker around with Caves of Cud a little bit the roguelike that I've been playing Um, again very very involved what I love about that I think I've said on the show before is the world that it's set in which is a roguelike world but very very distinct uh, which initially leaves you isolated confused but then you break into um, and it's really really hard as well Um, I spent a lot of time on crosswords on the flight over but I also spent a bit of time in Puzmo have you played Puzmo have you seen Puzmo I have. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a member. I played really bad chess in order to get in. Mm. Puzmo is Zach Gage's puzzle compendium, intended as a New York Times-like site where you can become a subscriber, a member, and play a series of games, uh, and there are new games every day. Now, one of those is a crossword. I think it's going to be challenging for them to drag people away from the New York Times crossword, which is a cultural institution in the US. They do have their own little gimmicks around it. One is that it marks the spaces in words. You may love or hate that, depending on your view on American crosswords. Uh, The other one is that you can get a second, simpler hint for each clue. So you should really never get stuck on those crosswords. But there are other games like Really Bad Chess, which for my mind, is absolutely brilliant. Uh, it's a version of chess where it just gives you random pieces on each side of the board. And uh, in this version, the daily version is like, it gives you a set of random pieces and says, beat your opponent, try and do it. I think that's a great daily challenge. There are a couple of other games which I don't get on with as well. Uh, type shift, in which you have to use all of the letters on the board to make a series of five-letter words. And uh, Spell Tower, which Jonathan Smith absolutely loves, 
and I don't get at all. Uh, you have a kind of Tetris-style bucket filled with letters, and you've just got to spell as many words as you can, eliminating those tiles one by one, and eventually you're left in a situation where you can't spell anything anymore. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's a really, really nice idea. I think as a subscriber, uh, you get pretty good value for money because you get new puzzles every day. The question is, how many people who ha who want to play this have those games already? Because I love those sort of games and have them. But the site promises there's going to be new additions. There's an experimental section where you can play new things they're working on. And I think it's a really brave uh, move to try and take on that. The smart one as well. I hope it works out. Seven out of ten done reviewed reviewed <laughs> reviewed um it's how it's, much sorry I was well, I was gonna gonna... go on you no. go okay you look at me no, like you, don't please. you look at me like that steve you hang up no you hang up um i i was gonna say that there's another game that i've been playing this week and i can't remember what it is and that's how tired i am right now uh i spent most of your review absolutely terrified that I wouldn't be able to remember what it is. I still can't, but yeah, Cosmo saved me. Good news. How much does it cost to, to be a subscriber? Quite a nice uh, couple of deals going on at the moment. I think it's $40 for a year, but for that you get someone else's subscription as well. So two of you come in, which is a nice way of coming up with a kind of world or like, oh, have you done it today? This Have you tried this one? Um, or you can pay $60, I think, for a lifetime subscription, but only for about another week. I am obviously we're into um, deals, deals mm. o'clock uh, because it's Black Friday. It is. I, I feel sick with what's going on at the moment, um, but we don't have time for me to tell you how <gasps> paralyzed I am by something that's going on. Oh. I hate it. I hate it. Um, but we'll have to talk about that I next week. I want to know. I want to know. Okay. Well, I hope you're not still paralyzed next week. It has been a fun, if somewhat challenging show. It's good to see you again, even though I've seen see so much of you over the last uh, week or so. Well, I'll see you next week then, won't I, if that's a long enough gap? You will do. But until then, thanks for Resonance. It's good to be Thank back you. in some terms. Uh, until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>